You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Monitor three humidors at once from one simple device. Caring for your cigars is easy with the new PuroTemp wireless hygrometer from Zycar. You now have the ability to monitor the humidity and temperature in three humidors without even having to open them. Ensure protection by setting simple alerts that will warn you when your cigars are not in the optimal environment. Like everything Zycar, this is backed by their lifetime warranty. Stop by your local tobacconist to purchase yours today. Zycar for life. From the makers of the number one cigar in the USA in 2013, the Aging Room Quattro F55 comes yet another highly rated cigar, the Aging Room Bin Number 1, a full-bodied Dominican cigar made with some of the world's oldest tobacco in the market today from the harvest of 1997, 98, and 99. It starts out smooth and builds up in strength and flavor until it reaches its full potential. The Aging Room Bin Number 1. For the true connoisseur looking for a sophisticated smoking experience, with balance, complexity, and character. Aging Room Cigars. Blending is in our DNA. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut, Sun-Grown, or Maduro, each Perdomo double-age, 12-year vintage pairs extremely well with the finest scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo double-age, 12-year vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. The following is paid programming. The views do not represent that of JVC Broadcasting, its staff, or management. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. You never light a cigar that way. You use a wooden match. Preserves the flavor, you see. Broadcasting live at the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in Boynton Beach, Florida. Kiss My Ash Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With Honest Abe, Adam Kay, the brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Ahoy, ahoy. And the lovely Lady M. 
He never likes to turn your He never likes to turn your mic on. I'm sorry. Really somebody has me trying to set a reminder so that I remember to do something, and then I'm trying to. Yeah, I didn't know what time it is. Good morning. Is it even on yet? Is it even on? Who? Me. Yeah. What are you talking about? I can't hear myself. Oh, he might why. have the volume down. There, How's that? There you go. There you go. go. Good, Good morning. morning. There you go. And he's the first guy here, too. <laughs> Anyways, Better him than me. Don't want to be. We are broadcasting <laughs> live from the main cigar bar at the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo shop right here in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. we got a great show for you today. we got Rafael Nodal from Aging Room Boutique Blends. going to talk about some of his new stuff. Um, <laughs> promo all guests. I love this guy. Uh, we got Survival t- Lieutenant Seth Wagner with... The FWC, yes. Florida Wildlife. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, cool. What is he going to talk about, animals and wildlife? Uh, he does everything from... We're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the uh, t- uh, Perry, the two boaters that are missing. Oh, Austin yeah. and Perry. And Austin and Perry. And, and some other general questions for him, too. He's, yeah, those he, kids still haven't been found. Yeah, he's straight out of um, Tallahassee, so he's uh, pretty high up in the uh, FWC. Very cool. Is he calling in? Or is he yes, coming? he's calling in. Oh, okay. And uh, we're going to be talking to our good friend, Glenn Luke, Executive Director of the CRA, find out what news and what's on track and what's going on in the world of cigars. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter at Kiss My Ash Radio. Every day we post, Friday we post a word of the day. And if you're the 10th caller at 877-960-9960, uh, you'll win a wonderful five-pack courtesy of Recluse and Iconic Cigars. Rock me Amadeus. Uh, what's going on this weekend, Lydia? you have anything going on? Um, I just want to catch up on some sleep. You're very sleep. casual this morning. Yeah. Look, you I, just I, rolled I, out of bed. And I didn't. I did not wear this to bed, but I feel... It looks like you slept in it. No, I didn't. I swear. <laughs> just I had a very, I had a very late night last night, not by choice, but um, no one's fault. It was just... Because you're the best stepmom ever. It's not even that. And stop <laughs> it. Don't even go there. It just... Three teenage boys and two dogs. It was just a lot. And nobody went to sleep until 4 o'clock in the morning. So let me just get this straight. You had three teenage boys for one night. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm not, it's Out not, that's not the point. Yeah. Me river. <laughs> Adam, if you even knew what it was to have three friends for one night. That, that, was pretty, that, that was my Justin Timberlake impression. That was pretty good. Thank you. I, yeah. I, it was more so, was it was more that, so yeah. the dogs. I'm dog sitting for my girlfriend's dog. And, um, you don't have to say what you did. We already know. No, it's just, they, it's Justin just, Timberlake. <laughs> Oh, whatever. Okay. She didn't get the Justin Timberlake No, I don't care. Forget you guys. Dogs are, dogs are supposed to behave better than the kids. That was a great jam. Not when they're too. I haven't heard that forever. I, I love that to come back. Yeah, High energy dogs. Oh, and I want play. that They literally break. played until 4 in the morning. They wouldn't go to sleep. You don't give them a bedtime? I tried. <laughs> you know, I had a friend uh, with six kids. Ooh. Six kids. Oh, good and lord. He was, he was up in New York once, and he had this huge German Shepherd. A guard dog. I mean, the thing was a beast. It just scared the heck out of me. And, um... I'm on the phone. I hear the screaming and the yelling and the kids in the background. I just I could see his tense his agitation. And all of a sudden, he starts screaming, no, no. I said no. He's screaming. I'm like, dude, what's the matter? Was it, was it the dog or whatever? He goes, no, the dog would have listened on the first no. It's the kids. <laughs> um. <laughs> he was dead serious, too. <laughs> what about you? Golf this weekend? No. Uh, not that I nothing planned yet. No? If the rain holds off, I got a lot of yard work I need to get done. Johnny, me, I guess I'm going up to uh, St. Augustine after the show. Yeah, I've never been there. Here, it's such a nice town. It is nice. It's really, it is pretty, really not. pretty old, right? Yeah, yeah oldest, pretty old. The oldest European settlement in the United States. Really? Yes. Didn't know that. I'm going to see my morning jacket. There's a cigar shop up there. 
Is there, I'm about to go check there, it out. No, there is. I, 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 I used to have a couple customers who used to go there all the time. Oh, okay. Just tell you about a cigar shop up there. So check them out while you're up there. I will. I'm going to see uh, my current favorite band, My Morning Jacket. Um, they're going to be playing up there. So we got some free tickets. We have a friend of mine. You're so driving four and a half hours to see a band? Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. only three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half? Three and it's four yeah. to get out of the state. Yeah. It's about five to get out of the state. There's a lot of cigar shops If you go straight up, you can get to Jacksonville in about... Abe, I got us to Savannah Airport in five and a half hours one time. (laughs) You're the best driver ever. I am. Thank you. Jason stayed over here. That's sarcasm. Don't worry. You really are the best driver ever. Adam is the best driver as far as safety and following the laws and the rules and everything goes, but, like, that's the most boring driver ever. (laughs) You want to kill yourself in the car driving with Adam. At least Why would you want to kill yourself well, in the call? <laughs> if you're driving, I feel like I'm going to die. At least no. Adam's never hit a stationary object with a car. Thank you. Mm. So is Abe. He claims he always gets these nicks and bumps on his bumps I've and stuff. I've never he blames, hit a he always, blames, he always blames us for driving the car. AJ or Izzy or whoever. Somebody bumped my bumper. Hmm, I wonder who it was. Yeah, because if I hit somebody in my car, I would know it. I just say, I think somebody <laughs> likes to put blame on others, and I think you, you hit, hit a dumpster. No, it wasn't a dumpster. Was it a pole? It was a parked car. It was a pole. Oh, a pole. So wasn't it, was it a parked car? It was a big dude? pole. It was a big pole just sticking out of nowhere. No, it wasn't. Who put just, that pole there? It was an overhang, and the pole was just randomly placed in the middle of a parking spot <laughs> at the overhang. Just randomly there. Well, it I, was. To be fair, I'm pretty I, sure I it was it. probably a load-bearing. I had my driver's license for about all of two hours, and I did the same exact thing. Sixty percent of people's first access are in the first six months of having their driver's license. I believe it. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, it's bad. I had my first record. Yeah, and this was. I had just got my driver's license, too. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 20. Really? Yeah. Why? Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. Every week. You know how they say it's always better to have a friend that has a boat than to have your own boat? That's true. better to have... That's Friends true. have cars and have your own car. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Zyka, our good friends at Zycar sponsored Kiss by Ash Radio. Mm. Uh, give away our lucky listener a wonderful prize package every week. Uh, Lady M, what are the fine folks at Zycar giving away today? This week when you're the 10th caller after hearing this Zycar sound, you are going to get the Room 101 Black XI-1 uh, Skulls Cutter. This is a $80 value. Oh, I like that Guaranteed cutter. for life. Beautiful Room 101 Collection Cutter. Uh, yeah. Check you it out put, on Facebook. Pic- Check picture. it out on Facebook. You need to take a picture of the wonderful breakfast oh, Raphael Nadal bought us this morning and put it on Facebook, too. Raphael, I've been going to boot camp and been really good about my sweets, but I'm going to have one since you brought one. Yes. It's okay. All right. Uh, right after the break, we're going to hit What's the News, and we're going to speak to uh, Lieutenant Seth Wagner for some survival tip for men right after this. Follow us on Twitter at Kiss My Ash Radio. Yes, it's mandatory. Hey, cigar enthusiasts. Did you know your personal freedom to enjoy a fine cigar is affected by some form of smoking ban in all 50 states? Additionally, taxation on premium cigars is at its highest level in history, with some states taxing at an astronomical rate of 75%. Finally, there's a solution. CRA, Cigar Rights of America, is the first and only nonprofit public advocacy association fighting for your freedom to enjoy a fine cigar. Don't just sit there. Become part of the solution. Become a CRA member today. Membership is only $35 a year. That's less than $3 a month. And as a special bonus, CRA will send you two limited edition cigars as a way to say thank you for joining. 
Visit CigarRights.org for more information and to become a member. This is a Law Aurora-issued public service announcement. The iconic lion has gone rogue. Breaking out of the original Dominican Cigar Factory is Untamed by La Aurora. Undoubtedly, one of their strongest cigars proves that not only can their factory provide flavorful sticks, but powerful as well. Taking a fantastic Dominican Nicaraguan blend and wrapping it with an oily Connecticut broadleaf wrapper creates a wild ride of flavor from start to finish. Be aware, this animal is extremely aggressive and should be approached with caution. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I'd like to invite you to try one of our Decade Cigars. This premier cigar received a 95 rating from Cigar Aficionado, one of the highest ratings ever afforded by that magazine. It's a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. This cigar is medium to full-bodied, rich, complex, yet elegant and well-balanced. I promise you, you're going to love the Decade. Try it. Bill Paley, Samuel Paley's grandson, has dedicated himself to creating cigars emblematic of the original La Polina brand, created by his grandfather over a century ago. La Polina premium handmade cigars represent a marriage of the finest tobaccos blended by master artisans. La Polina has consistently received top honors from all industry publications, including Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year and Cigar Journal's Best American-Made Cigar. La Polina, premium handmade cigars, available only at fine tobacconists. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Back, folks. Honest Dave here with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Follow us at Kiss My Ash Radio. Uh, it's got a lot going on in this. It's time to find out what's in the box. We got a box. We got a box. What? We got a box. I'm going to open it. Oh, what's in the box? Let's ask Honest Abe, Cigar News. Cigar News for August 1st, 2015. Go away government. A bill introduced to the U.S. House of Representatives could bring an end to being able to order cigars and have them shipped via the United States Postal Service. Wow. As well as add more erroneous requirements to have cigars sent to you. H.R. 3042, known as the Stop Tobacco Sales to Youth Act of 2015. Really? We're having a Stop Tobacco to Sales to Youth Act of 2015? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, was introduced by Connecticut Congresswoman Rosa De Laura and Elizabeth Etsy. Reason number 565, not to go to Connecticut. On July 13th, and sub- subsequently referred to the House Committee on the Judiciary, the bill will seeks to make it harder for children to obtain both electronic cigarettes and nicotine devices, which is fine. Everyone in the cigar industry is for this, because children don't smoke cigars, by the way. Just an aside. Uh, 
both of which are currently sold online and shipped via the U.S. Postal Service. It would be... it would do this by amending the Jenkins Act of 1949, which requires anyone who sells cigarettes across state lines to report the sale of the buyer's state tobacco tax administrator. You can't even sell cigarettes across state lines. How no. is this a thing that people are currently having an issue with? Current federal law also requires anyone who wanting to buy cigarettes, rolling tobacco, or chewing tobacco, or snuff to verify their age both at the time of sale and upon delivery. This bill seeks to bring cigars and other products in line with this by requiring age verification for the purchase of cigars both during the... Tr- transaction at the time of delivery, as well as prohibiting the shipping of these products via the United States Postal Service. I mean, really, just such unfounded, uneducated work and effort for something that's not even a problem. These guys don't even want to fix something that's an actual problem. They just want crap, work to do, anything that'll put them in the press. You know, and where where does this end with politicians? Uh, Who who knows? I don't know. I mean, it almost makes you want to have another revolution. It really does. Huh? I'm telling you, man. To quote quote V from V from Vendetta, people should not be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of their people. That's long gone, my friend. Unfortunately. Boofy! One small puff for man, one giant cascade and kind. That's the beginning of the marketing material for the newest limited Room 101 release. It's a tobacco knot. I think that's hilarious. I'm sorry. I read that and I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) While plenty of companies have been inspired by space and Earth, Room 101's approach most certainly takes a lighter approach to making a galactic smoke. As for the details, it's made entirely of Nicaraguan tobacco, not the Corojo leaf from the moon, and is available in three sizes. Filaroid, Ranflactic, Chingonova, retailing between $12 and $14. Production is capped at only Mm -hmm. 3,500 boxes of 20 cigars. The company says that expects to begin shipping cigars in late September. I'm going to go out on a whim here and say that Matt Booth uh, picked those names. Oh, I'm pretty sure Matt Booth. They're very descriptive, and they they scream Matt Booth. I'm pretty sure Matt Booth handles all the yeah, naming and marketing of his own brands. Uh, yeah, he's very hands-on with that. Ortega and Quality Importers. Yeah, a little sad news in the horizon, actually. Have announced the companies will unveil a new partnership. We'll see Quality Importers become the exclusive distributor for Ortega Premium Cigars. Ortega and his brands will move over to Quality Importers, where he will help lead the company's in-house sales team and continue to develop his Ortega brands. Ah, so he's also going to work for them. Ortega will still own Ortega Premium Cigars and its trademarks, and Quality Importers is best known for its extensive humidor distribution, but the company also has exclusive distribution for products like the popular Stinky Ashtrays, the Cult brand of cigars, the Big Easy Tobacco Company, which yeah, acquired I didn't in 2013. Even know that, I thought they were just... Um or, according to Ortega, the Series D brands will continue to be made by My Father Cigars SA, but Ortega releases are likely to come from Tobacco's SA, the factory Quality Importers works with for its cult brands. So Ortega, to, in recent months, Ortega has partnered with Sean Williams of El Premier Mundo for two limited release collaborations. He indicated the door remains open for more of those in the future. This new distribution will take effect on Monday. Yeah, interesting move for him. I know. Well, I know that Quality Importers was looking for somebody to really 
kind of boost their cigar. Well, the yeah, they wanted to increase their cigar portfolio. Yeah. I mean, they figured they already had the infrastructure and the network reaching out. I mean, it, 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 there's no there's no sales wise. reps, are there? I don't believe so. Yes, yeah, so I guess they're going to have to I, start hiring much, reps because I mean. Yeah. I think most people just call them directly to order human yeah, or place it through the catalog I online. Had, I don't think I've ever had anybody come in and ask me for anything but or I, had, I, say they were from there. I know there was a few people that were looking to hire to, I guess, expand their cigar portfolio. So I figured this way they acquire a brand and somebody will run that yeah. division. Yeah. Interesting. Someone who also is now the face of the cigar area for them. Yes. Uh, Tetui. No, it's Tetuahe. Fans of cigars and the brand Guar will once again have the opportunity to smoke a cigar made for the noted heavy metal band. Pete Johnson of Tatuaje Cigars has confirmed that the Tatuaje Ciguar will be back for a second year, although in a slightly different form. While it will still be a 5x50 Robusto sold in three packs, this year's version will use an Ecuadorian Senti Spiritus Maduro wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder and fillers. Last year's version uses a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Like last year, the cigars will go on sale at the band's annual Guarbecue, which takes place on August 15th in Richmond, Virginia, and then sold through Havana Connections. Yeah, we'll have to call Shorty and get some. Absolutely. Especially because we're big Guar fans. Guar. Mm-hmm. I can't even name a single Guar tune. I don't even know who they are. Oh, they're the guys. Oh, I, I must have said something wrong. Oh, producer. it's a band? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. If yeah. you ever get a chance to go to a Guar show, don't sit in the first, like, five or six rows because you get all manner of disgusting things sprayed on you. Oh, I But it is one so. of the, the best <laughs> stage shows. They all dress up in these crazy costumes. Yeah, it's There's like this giant, heavy, like, they look like they're straight it's out of the I don't know race. a single song mm-hmm. by them. Are they actually... Is it, like, you really with, I, hard rock it's, or, like, it, metal? Can, or? It's, yeah, it's more like thrash, metal, heavy metal kind of stuff. It, it, it's an acquired taste, but I don't listen mosh pitting in there? Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I will not be a part of that mosh pit. Uh, yeah, I grew out of that a long Could time Could you ago. survive a mosh pit? No, probably not. Probably not. No, John would be on the bottom of it screaming for his dear life. Oh my god, that's them? Yeah. That says, that oh, says it all. The lead singer recently di- uh, died. Does one of those dudes got a cigar in his mouth? This guy? can't tell. Weird picture. Some Sometimes in their costumes, yeah, they will have a cigar sitting out of the side of their mouth. That's funny. Guar. That looks like uh, it's like something from um, Dargo. No. Yeah, it looks like Dargo. <laughs> Does not look like Dargo. It looks like what's the, the Karate Kid's thing? Dark Crystal? No, the kids with the t- uh, Power you're Rangers. Tell oh, me Power Rangers. Rangers. It looks like yeah. the Power yeah. Rangers. No way. It looks like bad guys from the Power Rangers. It does. It looks like guys from the Power Rangers. You're gonna tell me that Dargo doesn't fit in with the Guar, but the Power Rangers do. Some of those, yeah, but the it villains, like yeah, the they look like guys. all the villains from the Power Rangers. Yeah. Yes, that wow. I would believe. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. The villains from the oh, Power no, Rangers. Oh, no, the shooting up guys in those well, latex. people that... I swear to God. <laughs> you're like on such a different frequency lately. I you know what? She's going so out of her way to debate with me lately. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going 50 yards to the left just oh, to make an argument lately. It's no, like because it's, I didn't, it's a concerted I watched, effort to defy me. I never watched me. the Power Rangers, It's so a concerted effort to defy me at all costs Power Rangers, lately. bad guys. You missed out on the Power Rangers. That was I such didn't, a great I show. I just didn't oh. watch it, so. One of them just got arrested or something. He killed a guy. Yeah, with a sword. Yeah, he killed a guy with a sword. True story. <laughs> One of the Power Rangers just got arrested. Kill the guy with a sword. Here's the take. I do, yeah. I can't remember where I heard it, but yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it was a little too Power Ranger. That was like over 20 years ago. What was that? The that that the show when he was on it was on. Oh yeah, he's like an adult now. The original blue. He never gave up his sword though. I guess. Apparently not. (laughs) Crazy thoughts. 
the original blue Power Ranger, I believe, killed himself, too. Uh, I don't think that's right. I'm going to look that up. Well, AJ's I, back he, there shaking his head like, I'm yeah, pretty sure know. he came out as, um... The blue guy is looking yeah. at him right now. Yeah, wasn't his name Billy on the show or something? Uh, who knows? All right, anyway, back to the important stuff. Astron Distributors debuted a limited edition extension of the San Cristobal line at the IPCPR trade show called San Cristobal Ovation. You know, I love the folks at Ashton, but lately all they seem to be doing is just making another San Cristobal and another aroma. How many variations of San Cristobal are there now? Uh, there is the Elegancia, the Originals, and the... There's going to be three or four. Yeah, there's the... Uh, and uh, how many La Aroma de Cubas? Mia Moore, the... Well, there's the original La Aroma, there's the EEs, there's the... Uh, Mia Moore. Mia Moore. And there's the, a new one. And there's the other one from last yeah. year. The Revelate, yeah. the Reserva. It's amazing. It's like the think tank is stopped there. Mm. The new think tank that has stopped? <laughs> they don't advertise. Go ahead. There we go. Okay, <laughs> very true. Uh, it'll have a San Andreas Escuro wrapper around a Nicaraguan binder and filler tobaccos. Fans of the San Cristobal line, however, will have to wait a few more months before the cigar hits store shelves. Ovation is sated for a release in the fall. The company says the wrapper has been subjected to an intensive two-and-a-half-year double fermentation process. And the inner tobaccos were harvested exclusively from the farms of the Garcia family. Ovation, like all of San Cristobal cigars, is made at the Garcia's My Father factory in Esteli. And that's all the news for this week. That's in the news. All right, up ahead, Rafael Nodal, uh, owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blends. And later on the show, an oldie but goodie is back, Factor Crap, right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. The godfather of boutique cigars is back. Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the creator of La Gloria Cubana, Siri R, and El Rico Habano, recently joined forces with his children to create E.P. Carrillo brand. In just the first year of E.P. Carrillo, received a 94 rating in Cigar Aficionado and number 8 Cigar of the Year and Rob Report's Best of the Best Honor. Although E.P. Carrillo is made with the finest tobaccos in the world, Ernesto has not wavered on his family's commitment for affordable prices. With prices starting at $4.50 for the 91 New Wave Connecticut, you can't afford not to try E.P. Carrillo. Pick up an E.P. Carrillo at your nearest location. Perfecting a seed for over 40 years takes skill. Then again... So does growing the perfect beer. Take it from Matt Booth, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the owner of the infamous Room 101 brand. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Placeres Reserva, a beautiful box-pressed cigar boasting a dark, oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, and bold Nicaraguan and Honduran long fillers with a Costa Rican binder for excellent flavors. With a premium blend of chocolate, wood, and coffee, this medium-bodied cigar is complemented with pepper, cocoa, spices, and a hint of sweetness with a long, lingering finish. Placeres Reserva shows off how proper blending and aging tobacco make for a well-rounded, satisfying cigar. Placeres Reserva, presented by Coots. To find a tobacconist nearest you, please visit coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, their life and their family's life changes dramatically. 
chemotherapy treatments, doctor visits, and trips to the hospital soon consume their time. The programs and services provided by the Kids Cancer Foundation make it possible for the foundation to meet the needs of our young patients and families. We could not provide these resources without your support. For more information and to find out how you can make a difference in the life of a child battling cancer, call 561-333-8116 or visit kidscancersf.org. Sponsored by CLE Cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in Sangrón or Maduro. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. Honest Dave here. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. I'm here with my gang, Adam K., and we're having a great show. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we have a very special guest uh, to be on my sir, my favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week, we have in studio, Rafael Nodal, owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blends. Rafael, thank you for joining us here on Kiss My Ash Radio. Thank you for having me here. It's Are you uh, kidding? It's really an honor. We, we heard you've been up for 24 hours straight now. Uh, so far, 25 hours. And you didn't sleep on the plane at all from Colorado? I tried, but with this guy, which I think he was stoned or something, and uh, he was moving yeah. and putting his feet all over the place, and it was uh, crazy. So I, I was planning to sleep a little bit. So I just hope that between the 24 hours uh, wake cycle and uh, my Ricky Ricardo type of accents, uh, <laughs> you and your <laughs> listeners can uh, understand what I'm saying. If I was on the plane, you'd never get sleep. Oh, well. I'm a bad snorer. No kidding. I mean, it's, it's actually, we just took a flight to Chicago a couple months ago. My wife said she barely heard me because I lost a lot of weight. But before, you could saw lumber. I've been on flights. and I don't know, I don't know if you like, you know, when you wake up a little bit, but you don't open your eyes and you go back to sleep, you know. I've woken up on a plane, and when I got up, everybody on the plane is staring at me. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Yeah. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I've got, I've, actually, one time I'm sitting in the front, and I hear the two people beside me saying, I'm not waking them up. You wake them up. I'm not waking them up. You wake them up. That will be an interesting oh. thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it was embarrassing. Well, that, so. that is the case in my house every night, by the way, and uh, because my wife says that I snore. I, of course, I don't. You never hear it, so I, yeah, I, it doesn't bother us. Yeah, we don't hear it. So I'm getting to sleep in another room now. <laughs> With the dogs. <laughs> Rafael, now, you were born in Cuba. 
That's that's correct. And, and how 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 old were you when you finally immigrated to the well, U.S.? Well, uh, I, I was 15. And if you oh. ever seen those uh, the movie Scarface, yeah. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, obviously Scarface comes in Cuba in the boat. And, and speaking of which, you kind of a little dressed like a little Scarface <laughs> today. You got a nice white jacket. Well, suit on, I need to live up to the reputation. Yeah, you're, you're doing pretty you, good. If you ask me about your little friend, I'm going to be very suspicious. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. But I I will be talking about a different little friend. But that's that's another story. Okay, that's another story. I. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I came from Cuba in 1980 in a boat during the, what it was called the Mariel Boat Leaf. Wow. And uh, about 135,000 people came from Cuba at the same time. So I came in a boat with 300 people, uh, about 20 family members and friends. And the other uh, 280 were people from prisons and uh, jails and mental institutions that put on the boat. So that made for a very interesting four days on the sea with no water, no food. Wow. Uh, wow. I was afraid that. They were going to start eating each other, and obviously I was a well. I'm glad I wasn't as fast as I am now. I was a Could skinny. Have been food. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that was very interesting. So I got to uh, Key West. Uh, actually, the Coast Guard found us outside on, on the water, and we're, uh, we were lost due to the really bad weather. Wow. And uh, took us in, and uh, so when I got to to Key West, uh, the first thing they gave me was an apple and a Coke, and uh, I had never seen an apple and I never seen a Coke. Wow. And uh, so I still love Coca-Cola, probably the, why because I'm so overweight. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that was an, an experience. Yeah. That's crazy. And, 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 and you know, what was like? Grow, do you remember what it was like growing up while you lived in Cuba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for five or six years, right before uh, I came in, uh, when you were about 10 or 11 years old and you want to continue your education, they send you to. Uh, to um, a school outside, they separate you from your parents, and you have to work every day on the on the countryside, on the farms, and meet certain amount of uh, the goals every day. For example, the I was quarters, the quarters. Yeah, right, yeah. Wow. I was working on the oranges, so we have to pick. X and this amount. is so you could be schooled. So it can be school. Wow. And then I can uh, meet the quarters in order to uh, to see my parents every 21 days. Wow. So if I didn't meet the quarters, then I wouldn't be able to uh, see my uh, parents. So it was very difficult. So when they say, well, you get free education and this and this, no, no, wait a minute. I worked since I was 10 years old for my education. Yeah, nothing no, is free. Nothing is free. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, oh, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, being in the cigar world and the retail side of it, talking with consumers, you know, there's so much talk going on about Cuba right now. Hillary's was on TV with her platform. The embargo must end and all this stuff. Now, the guy from Connecticut just putting in the bill to end the embargo. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's like big talk now. And, and, and you're, you were born there. Yes, you came over yes, as a yes, teenager. Yes. How do you personally feel? Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm always sensitive about this subject because everybody seems to have different views. There are people right. now who have kind of settled in. It's over. Time has passed. Or, and there are some people who are still very strong. I mean, um, I'll be honest with you, we were thinking about putting together a trip, take some people down to Cuba, whatever. Right. But, you know, the back of my mind, I'm saying to myself, are some of these guys in the industry going to get upset if we go to Cuba? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, right. everybody has such a different level of where they stand yeah. on this issue. Yeah, no, no, it's a difficult thing. And, and basically for me, and I, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really mixed feelings. And I talk a lot of my friends that have actually gone to Cuba now or things like that. Personally, I feel great that Americans have the chance to go to Cuba. I believe that uh, I believe in freedom. That's why I'm here. I believe in personal responsibility. That's why I'm here. And uh, I, I, I never believe that the government should be able to tell you what to do. 
And if you are born, uh, yeah, if you're born uh, uh, in freedom as an American, I wasn't born in freedom. I was born in the communist country. But you guys were, were born uh, in freedom. So why is the government of the United States going to tell you you cannot go here, you cannot go there? That should be your personal choice. I, sh I have chosen not to go back since I came. Uh, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, I, uh, I'm allowed to go back. I just have chosen sure. not to go. Uh, but I'm glad that people can go. And that has to be your own personal decision. Now, in reference to the embargo and all these things and the relationships these days, I have a lot of mixed feelings. Because, you know, my heart, when you think with the head, you say, well, obviously whatever we have done for the last 50 years hasn't helped. Right. The communist regime is there. Castro is Nothing's there. Nothing changed. has changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. At the same time, uh, uh, so we know we have to do something different. Uh, and, and that might work. But then when you talk emotionally about your own emotions and your own uh, reality and, and, and the things that we happen there, then wait a minute. Do I want to do business with, with this government? Do I want to do uh, involve in that type of business with the people that I couldn't you know, leave Tolerate, there, yeah. tolerate me, and things like that? So I have a lot of big feelings about that. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is. I just really hope that whatever happens at the end is great for my country, great for my people. And, um, and many of my friends that are gone now, uh, you know, they, they are able to go to an island that is uh, kind of was a it stopped in time. Stop in time. It stopped right, in right, time. Right, right. Exactly and, what and, it is. And, and see the old cars, yeah. the old culture. And besides all the difficulties of the Cuban people and things like that, our people are very happy and the music and obviously natural, the natural beauty of the sure. country. So it's, it's definitely something to be seen. Yeah. You know, you find that in a lot of you know third world countries or smaller countries is that typically the average people, they don't have as much, but they always seem to be happier. They're definitely more relaxed. They don't Absolutely. live the stressed lives that we lead here. Absolutely. It, I, I think it just comes down to just the simplicity of, of, of what they desire, you know. Absolutely. And, it, and, and we have a joke in, 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 in our culture that you have a, a farmer or a guy that is, is, is in, in a farm uh, taking care of two cows. And the guy is under a, a tree and he's resting with two cows. And an American goes and says, what are you doing? Well, I take care of these two cows. That's all I do every day. So I sit down here. And I rest. And I say, no, 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 no. Here's what you do. You sell the milk of one cow, the cows. Then you buy three more cows. Then you kill two cows and you buy sell the meat and then you buy 10 cows and then you buy 100 right. cows and you have 500 cows and now you have milk and then you rest and the guy turns back and says I'm already resting exactly. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. a, a huge different cultural yeah. of our people and the American dream you know right what and do they say here the more money you have the more problems well, I mean that's what, yeah, that's what well, at least it's the most tax the right. more taxes you pay but that's yeah, yeah it's that too absolutely now if I'm correct, the area that you grew up in Cuba was known for a lot of citrus production. Yeah, yeah, it was orange, Ciego de Abre, orange yeah. citrus, yeah. How did you get involved? In, did, you, did you have an early passion for cigars? Were you no, no, cigars? no, no. How I got involved in the cigars is, well, I came from uh, from Cuba in 1980, so I go to New York City. I studied music. I've been studying mu classical uh, music since I was six years old, violin. And that's another thing for a communist country. I, uh, I wanted to play drums, you know, like a young kid, you know, American music. Nobody's and they said, drums. no, 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 yeah. no. That's a 
capitalist instrument. You wow. need to play violin, you know. So I was six years old. I, what the heck, you know, I started playing violin. And uh, so I come to the United States. I go to New York City. I continue my musical education. I come to Miami. And there was no classical music uh, jobs here. There was no classical orchestra. There was nothing. And I did some other stuff. I started working in a hospital. My first job, I was 19, cleaning floors. And uh, and then four years later, I became the director of finance of that hospital. A couple wow. of years later, the administrator. And then I went to a psychiatric company. And National company that has centers different uh, in different areas, and uh, one of uh, the person working with us, Hank Bischoff, which is now my partner on the cigar, and uh, Hank is here with me. Uh, came today. He was in your radio show uh, yeah. before. Hank says, "I want you to go on and meet this guy, uh, that I will buy some cigars." I had never smoked, and I, you know, I kind of. Try to forget everything about Cuba. That's a defensive mechanism. Right, you know? yeah. I don't want to do anything with Cuba. And uh, so Hank, it was the other way. Hank had uh, tumbadoras in his office, as uh, Latin music every time, cigars in the afternoon. And, you know, this is this guy is more Cuban than I am, you know. <laughs> and uh, really actually put me in touch again with some of my culture. And uh, so I, we go. And uh, we bought our first box of cigar. Uh, it was a guy by the name of Nick Perdomo. And I meet Nick in his little Havana. That's where I first met you, actually. Yeah, yeah. I we were on a trip. And, yeah. Yes. And uh, I was so uh, so taken by uh, how the passion that Nick has and, and his uh, attitude towards the cigars and uh, very passionate and uh, uh, tremendous charisma. And I said, you know, I'm in the, in the hospital business. It's great. Good morning. I've been able, very fortunate. But I don't have a passion for this. And I, and I admire this guy making cigars and all these things. His father yeah. at the time was alive yeah, and uh, the whole family. And I said, I decided to go into the cigar business. So Hank and I opened our first internet site, start selling cigars, met a lot of different manufacturers. And uh, and decided to go into the wholesale and manufacture. We bought the brand Olivero Cigars. And that's, and that's how we got into the, the cigar business. business. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk more about that right after this. More with uh, Rafael Nodal, owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blends. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Hey, fools, how about a game of cutthroat? Your funeral? That's my kind of game. Arnold, I hope your pool playing is better than your choice of cigars. Here, try this Rick Loose cigar. You're going to need all the help you could get. Hey, don't be stingy. Let me get one of those. Rick Loose. Wow, that's a good smoke. Now I can bring my A game. Hey, I think you should stick with that Rick Loose cigar and work on your B game because you don't have an A game, and, and I know a little something about games. Boom. Hey, sucker, go buy yourself a Rick Loose cigar and do it today. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee Military Trail for the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearmint Rhino, the premier upscale gentleman's club. The story that made the cigar. The cigar that made history. 80 years ago, Monte Cristo began a legacy of crafting only the finest cigars. Now, that legacy is honored by the very special, extremely limited edition Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Crafted for the first time, Dominican Pelotico Tobacco. Grown from seeds hand-carried from Cuba by Pepe Mendez. This exclusive cigar is like no other, rolled in a dark and oily Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. The Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar features a rich, fuller-bodied, and wonderfully complex smoke. 
packaged in an elegant handmade box. These exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Honor the legacy with the Monte Cristo 80th anniversary. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. This is Eric Espinoza, and over the years, many cigar aficionados have enjoyed my highly rated brands, 601 Murcielago. In the spirit of continuing improvement, I have purchased my own factory, La Zona, in rich and fertile tobacco region of Esteli, Nicaragua. After almost two decades in the cigar industry, I have created a brand I finally feel is worthy of my name. Espinosa cigars are made with only the finest tobaccos, hand-selected, and aged to perfection. Our cigars are bold in flavor, yet refined to the palate. Look for Espinosa cigars at your nearest fine tobacconist. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. The Oliva Family. The makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke, which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob Magazine. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva Family of Cigars. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Good morning. Honest Abe here. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. I'm here with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. We are sitting here with our Meet Your Maker segment with Rafael Nodal, owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blends. Rafael, thank you for joining us uh, once again. I know you had a busy schedule, just went from Colorado, so uh, we appreciate it. No, thank, thank you. you for having me here. Um, we were talking a little bit about, uh, in the previous segment, about your life before in Cuba, coming to the States, and how eventually you uh, got in the cigar business. And uh, you had met up with Nick Perdomo and released your first brand, Oliveros. I, I remember that brand. In fact, I think when we opened our second location... Uh, it's the first time I opened up an account with you, and, and you know, you were the flavor brand before Tatiana, before uh, ah, I forget her name. What's the girl that ran the flavor industry for a while? Davidoff bought her. What was it called? Uh, Heavenly, 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 yeah. Heavenly, Kojimar. Yeah, oh, like Kojimar. You, you, you were the vanilla flavored brand at the time. And yeah, yeah. How when, did you decide that it was that's what you were going to do? Start out with flavors. No, no. Uh, when we bought the brand Oliveros, they were already making. They were already here. around. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And actually, what we Hank and how I, long have they been around? You know, they were uh, they were in the business since '96. Yeah, so they I, got into the boom. I had been in the business just like a right. year or two when when you know we, we took it on. So they, they they were just they were just new still. Yeah, they were new during the boom, and they started at the back end of the boom. Uh, and then t- uh, when we hooked up with uh, Nick, we decided to. Uh, to, uh, since he was the first person we met in the cigar industry, uh, and we love his cigars, and I really had a tremendous uh, love for his cigars and what he was doing as a family and, and all that. And uh, so we started the, the first non-flavor Oliveros and uh, obviously went to him for production, and we started working with that with Oliveros Grand Reserva. And uh, 
little by little, we continue expanding. But we, we, we have made so many mistakes on the cigar industry. It was unbelievable. My whole journey, uh, our journey, Hanks and I journeys into the cigar has been one mistake after another. First, we started on the Internet, and we loved the wholesaling part and the, the creation, so we went that. That was our first mistake. We were selling a lot on the Internet in those months, and then we went to wholesale. And then buying the Oliveros brand, known for flavors, trying to get the Dream known flavor, yeah. it was very tough, tough yeah. very tough. And uh, so we continue, we continue, and, uh, and, and you know, we, we tried to do what everybody else was doing. I was trying to imitate what the big company was doing. You want a mild cigar? Here's a mild cigar. You want a medium cigar? Here's a medium right. cigar. And I was just, uh, was, uh, didn't understand, first, the business, didn't understand the marketing part, uh, 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 just was were not focused, and um, then you came out with XL. Yeah, yeah, we we try different things. XL for men, yeah. which looks like a it looks like a cognac or something or Actually, a perfume. I thought, a I perfume. thought it was something I would see like a big and tall, you I, know, uh, casual so male. Abs- absolutely. I well, you I and I will feel good I with that, but not everybody <laughs> felt. I related you know. to it when I saw it. And it was actually ahead of the time because on the XL4 line, we had 60s ring size, we right. had 56. A lot of the, t- uh, at the time, the you word, know, there was, no, yes. there was not a lot of that. The, the packaging was very simple, actually. It's very close to something like it's doing today. I love my, uh, my Susie's too. What is that? Um, uh, that my, yeah, my oh, Lucy way on. Yeah. The, the packaging was the same, but very similar. <laughs> so we were actually, I think, ahead of our time, but we didn't execute it well. We didn't have consistency in some of the cigar. I remember the XL double uh, Maduro that we had had a, a, a binder, um, uh, a Connecticut, Connecticut Broadleaf, had a Brazilian Matafino, uh, Matafina wrapper, uh, and it had three types of tobacco, Dominican, Peruvian, and Honduran. Wow. So we tried different things. But we just didn't execute it. We were not focused. We didn't know the, the, the business, and we failed completely. But it wasn't until 2009 that we started with the swag line. It was my first release outside the, the, the Oliveros line, and it happened by chance. We were at, uh, my son is a musician, as I am, and uh, he got nominated for three Grammys. He makes a lot of wow. the music for uh, Little Wayne and some other rappers, really? mostly Little Wayne. And he did a, a record called Doug Carter. For Little Wayne, which has got three Grammys nominations that year in 2009. So I go, they invited me to go to the after party they were throwing. Uh, ended up my son uh, won one Grammy that, that year. And uh, Little Wayne and Paris Hilton were throwing a, a, a party, uh, after party after the, the Grammys. And they asked me to bring cigars. And I have a, a cigar at the time called Olivero's King Havano. And I was passing that cigar. And Little Wayne came to me and said, Raf, we need a cigar with more swag to it. And I have no idea, being Cuban, being, that's you know, right. all, I have no idea what it was. And my son told me the following day, no, 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 the swagger, that's, that's a, you know, uh, uh, some styles on this. So we came out with a swag line, and it was our first release outside. We were going to call it something else, but with that idea, we created a younger-looking type of cigar. Uh, but the cigar itself was very good. It was an old Dominican puro. And this is how God and, and things work in a mysterious way. We were doing very bad, and all of a sudden we do the swag, this new idea that just happened. And uh, at the time, we were creating that blend. Hank and I just created a great blend. And, and at the time, we said, this is it, after a lot of work. And then we find out we don't have a lot of uh, 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 tobacco for that. So we, oh. we met that blend we separated we left it there in the humidor and we can we tweeted the, the blend uh with tobaccos that we had available and we uh 
we release the swag. So like I said, swag got 90 rating and start moving our company. And then the following year for the IPCPR, we have no idea what to release. Like many companies, we waited. We don't do that now, but at the time, we waited until the end. What are we going to release? Right. Well, we have this brand on the on the seating on the humidor, and everybody that went to the factory, we said, what are you smoking, Raf? Well, I'm smoking a room. Bring me one of the a room. And then I said, well, we'll trademark a room, and we'll come out with a small batch. And that was rated 94 immediately. You got one of the top uh, cigars, the number 14 of the top 25 by Cigar Office around 2011. And that, that got us to distribution in Europe. I go to Europe. I found this great wrapper, a Sumatra wrapper from the year 2003 from Indonesia. I bring it to Dominican. Immediately, we blended the cigar, and it's my Agent Room Quattro that we released that year and uh, the following year. And that got very good ratings, 94 and 95, and became uh, the number two last year uh, by Cigar Aficionado. So one thing led to another. It was an evolution. An evolution, and obviously... What we found is a niche, and what we concentrate in these days is making cigars with very hard-to-find and, hard and rare tobaccos. So all of my lines have something that is very unique and very different, but at the same time, very small productions. Wow. Um, what were some of the cigars that you debuted at the show we just had a couple months ago? Well, this um, show... We're smoking, we're smoking right now. Adam and I are one of the new sizes. The new sizes. Room. Yeah, the bid number one is the Lancero. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, well, for the longest time, people had asked me for Lancero. Lancero, is, I think, is coming back, actually. It was a great size. And, uh, we can hope. It was a very well... Selling. You know, Lanceros are one of those things, Raphael, I, I call it like the urban legend. I, I, you know, everybody talks about them. Everybody raves about them. And you see all these bloggers, all that, and these like, and then you put them on the shelf and nobody Not buys Not a them. lot of people buy it. I don't That's get it. I mean, it's just one of those things. Everybody asks me. It's probably the number one thing we hear from every manufacturer. Everybody asks me for a Lancero. Do me a favor. When you hear people t- say, call Smoke In. They got Lanceros on the shelves. Nobody's buying them. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But, I love you're, it. Right. but you're right. People are talking about Lanceros all the time. Me personally, in the, over the years, because I started out a big ring gauge smoker. 54 was like the minimum. You know, 56, and Robustos, and Churchills, and Toros. Now I'm a Corona. I'm a Lancero smoker. I like a thinner ring gauge cigar. I enjoy them. I believe the, believe the flavor is more concentrated. There's less air mixture in the flow, but people, people just aren't buying them. No, no, you, you're absolutely right. We don't see, uh, I think the demand has increased a little bit lately, but again, very little compared to the other sizes. However, since we specialize in very unique type of tobacco, a lot of people call us and say, do you have a Lancero? They're like, well, I, I don't have a Lancero. So uh, I said, well, okay, friend. And, and then I go around, and there are some good Lanceros, in the, very good Lanceros in the market, but not everybody has Lanceros. So I said, you know, we're going to wait until we have a very good Lancero. And we were able to get, we the, um, launched the bin number one last year. It's tobacco exclusively for 97, 98, and 1999. So this year we, 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 we did the Lancero. And personally, I happen to believe it's one of the best blends in a specific size that we do. I, I think this is fantastic. Now, hopefully they will buy it uh, because also one of the most difficult sizes to do. By the way, you know? uh, yeah, yeah, it's zero so, because if it's not done right, it doesn't draw good. It doesn't exactly. stay lit. It's very any little thing; it, it, it just doesn't Absolutely. draw. Well, so, if, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Rafael Nodal, owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blends, getting ready to talk about some of the new releases and what they have. Uh, they really showed at uh, the trade show last month, last week, a couple last weeks. Last week, weeks. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to have more with Rafael and his brands right after this. WSWN Belgrade, Palm Beach, Jupiter. It's no secret. 
There's a movement in this country to squash the rights of cigar smokers. These busybodies want to impose their will on cigar manufacturers, retailers, and smokers with exorbitant taxes and unfair restrictions. As a cigar enthusiast, you do have a voice in this fight. Cigar Rights of America. CRA is your partner in Washington and all 50 states in the struggle to preserve your rights to enjoy cigars at reasonable prices in traditional settings. For the price of a few cigars, just $35 a year, you can join CRA and support their efforts in your behalf. Join up today on the Smoker's Rights page at thecigarstation.com. Romeo and Juliet. A story of two passions, combining to create a love that lasted through the ages. Today, the renowned Grupo de Maestros join famed cigar makers' aging room to craft a new story. The Romeo, by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room Cigar. Immaculately constructed by aging room artisans under the guidance of the famed Grupo de Maestros, this Dominican Puro exemplifies the best qualities of two storied brands. Elegant and aromatic, Romeo by Romeo y Julieta's Aging Room is a rich, savory, medium to full-bodied cigar. A true work of love. Available now at your local tobacconist, pick up a Romeo by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room today and experience the love that occurs when two passions combine. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Arturo Fuente, the reigning family of premium cigars since 1912, artistically combining old-world traditions and unparalleled craftsmanship with flavorful aged tobaccos, making Arturo Fuente the best-selling premium cigars in America. From the world-renowned Fuente Fuente Opus X to the new line of highly rated Arturo Fuente Rosado Magnum R Series, the Fuente family is proud to offer cigars for every palate. Whether you're a connoisseur or an occasional smoker, discover why only Fuente is Fuente. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. Premium cigars, 100% handcrafted Nicaraguan blend. Consistency, balance, aroma, and strength. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. The closest cigars to perfection. To find your nearest retailer, visit cucubanocigars.com. With the launch of the Siri D, Eddie Ortega has returned to the classic roots of cigar making. Crafted in Nicaragua, the Ortega Siri D is now available in six classic sizes, from the 4.5 by 48 number 6 to the newly released 6 by 60. Available in both a Mexican Maduro and a Habano Rosado wrapper, Ortega cigars will delight and enthrall even the most demanding of cigar smokers. Stop by any smoking location and try an Ortega Siri D today. Ortega cigars, classic cigar sizes for classic smokers. Old and new. Christoph Cigars has taken the boutique cigar industry by storm. Made in the spirit of elite Cuban cigar, Christoph allows you to experience the rich flavor and tradition found in the finest Cuban blends. Christoph Cigars are made using only the highest quality Habano seed and double fermented premium tobaccos from around the world. With 14 premium hand blends to choose from, mild to full body, Christophe has a blend that is sure to satisfy the most discriminating cigar aficionado. Discover your Christophe today. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. 
back to Hour 2 of Kiss My Ash Radio. We are broadcasting in front of a live audience in the main cigar lounge of the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Bar in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. Here with my gang, Adam K., the brewmeister, and the lovely lady Adam. Headband on, headband off, headband on, I, headband off. I have a really off. bad headache, and I thought that... The headband would help the headache? No, it was making it worse. You know what my dad used to do with headaches? I don't know where he got this from, but I swear we'd come home with kids. i got to bring this up next time I see him. He would take a belt, and he'd wrap it around his head, tighten the belt. Really? I'm like, but what like, are you doing? Like, to put I got a headache. Pressure? I don't know what that does for a headache. I have no idea. I don't know. I think it was creating more pressure around my head, and it was hurting He used to feel that would help his headaches go away. I, I, I Roger Dodger. I'm on the opposite page. Yeah, <laughs> I have to bring that up. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have Rafael Nodal. A.K.A. Scarface, <laughs> owner of Aging Room and Boutique Blend, sitting here in the studio with us. Rafael, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me here. By the way, and having one of the best cappuccino that I have in a long time. I take I take high pride in that cappuccino. I, I must just say, so you know, I must say that uh, obviously one of the problems since I travel so much and I do do travel a lot. I don't find good coffee around the United States. Right. And some of the places, you know. By the way, Colorado great beers. Not very good coffee. <laughs> uh, uh, not very good Great coffee. other stuff. Yeah, yeah, you go, some you, other stuff. you gotta, you got to go a couple states over to get good coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But and, and, and enjoying a cigar with this cappuccino, and this is like bringing me back to life. You know? Rafael, <laughs> let me tell you something. I went through, I'm not even kidding, six different machines because that's the way I wanted it. I mean, I, the only problem with this cappuccino is it's ruined me from enjoying one anywhere else anytime I've traveled. I know. I go, i got to get back. Because I have at least one or two sometimes yeah. every day. And we, I, I pride in that. So when I hear that, right. I, I, I'm, I'm Well, that's proud. a line that I tell my wife, that she has ruined me for enjoying any other woman. She's not listening, by the way, so I can say that. That gets you some good points. That gets you some started, good points. Yeah. But, no, thank you very much. Um, uh, so we're talking about some of your new releases. We were hitting on the uh, the bin number one aging room, right, right, like right, right. shape. Uh, what else do you have going on? Yeah, well, one of my biggest releases now was the aging room quattro F five nine. As we discussed before, the previous quattro F five five was the, the highest rated, ninety five rating by Cigar Aficionado, number two last year. So, but that's a very rare uh, and very limited uh, wrapper, and it's about to finish. And we decide uh, not to wait until it finishes, but to release that before, because that other one... So you have a smooth transition. Exactly. And, and, and so we decide to change the package in terms of the color. That's yeah, the only well, thing. Yeah, it stands out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but it's in a banner wrapper. It's box press, just the same as the F55. And by the way, so many n- numbers, uh, you know, I, I was an accountant at one point. I was going to so, say, I need yeah, a college course, yeah, kind of with yeah, your names I know. And we numbers, just want to confuse people. And uh, so <laughs> that is the day that we do the blending. Uh, the uh, F is for Friday, and the 59 is for the 59th date of the year. Oh. But this is the only one that actually we change it because we normally do it like that. But this was supposed to be a Tia St. Thomas because it was done a Thursday, 59. But when uh, about a year ago, when Cigar Aficionado talked a little bit about this release, T52. Um, yeah, I got yeah. A, a call from my friend uh, Jonathan <laughs> Drew, and Jonathan told me I have a little pain in my stomach. <laughs> and I said, way. "Well, take something for the stomach." Yeah, stop here's, here's a bottle of Pepto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, but but I told him, "Listen, when I'm ready to come out with the cigars, I will call you." Still have that little pain, and so I called him a few months ago and said. Jonathan, I'm about to release it. He said, well, you know, I can legally not tell you anything, but, you know, I still have enough say. 
and I, I really want to work with everyone in the industry. I love the industry. I love everybody. And I said, well, I change it to F59. So it's not my, the true thing, but I, it's better to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, friendships. I think it's more important than a number or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like we call it F59. So early in the year, and you're not doing it like in the 356th or the 184th day. I mean, you guys are very early year kind of people. Well, we, we, it's funny you mentioned it. My hardest. first release was the M356, right? Yeah. It was in December. What happened is I... As you know, December is very busy for you guys as retailers and consumers buying cigars. But we kind of slow down. Right. And January, February slow down. And you have, we are working on the harvest. And that's the time that I take for uh, for blending. December, uh-huh. January, February, things like that. So some it's of my... Very releases, end of the year to the very... Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Throughout sense. the year, we try different things and things like that. But we're so busy with the releases. So right now, our whole idea is to continue production of small batches. And... Uh, Talking about that, we also introduced something that we are not doing, but uh, it's been uh, it's been distributed by Altadis. Is uh, is uh, the Romeo by Romeo and Juliet uh, Aging Room, and that's a project that we are extremely excited. I, I, I you know I haven't I've only been in the industry you know decade a little over a decade and a half, but I, I don't think I can remember Altadis working with another manufacturer like that. Is no, this no, the first no. First time they've done a project like it, that. It was the first time, yeah. and I think industry-wide. I mean, now, now they're doing something with now Pete Johnson. They're did, trending did on it, but I think that Harry was the Clay. first time I heard them doing something like that. Yeah, well, it's a project that we uh, we collaborated, and it's a fantastic idea because uh, as as the slogan we use for marketing, which is really true, when two passions come together, this is what you get. So they have an unbelievable group of maestros with a lot of knowledge and people in the industry with, I think. Together, it's about 135 years of experience. It's a lot of old dudes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, well, yeah. I was not going to go there, but, you know. But great guys, and they have tremendous experience. And, by the way, that's one of the things that I like about uh, the cigar industry. Because coming from the corporate world that I was in uh, in health Oh, it's very personal. When you get old, you're, like, push aside. Because now you don't know how to use the computer, the cell phones, forget yeah. about that. Yeah, I'm it, looking for a new assistant. So. Well, I, I tell you, obviously someone that doesn't have headaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um... That, and that's what I like about the industry. The older you get, the more experience you have and more value you are, actually. And uh, so working with them has been an unbelievable experience and knowledge for me. And uh, it makes me very humble. And I uh, created this plan. We make it in Tabacalera Palma where we make all of the aging room and they distribute it. But it was a long process, something that took a couple of years to work together to make sure the blend was perfect, inspected. And they have as a company unbelievable, unbelievable uh, experience. Yeah. Experience and resources. And, well. <laughs> so, so you're making the product, they're distributing the product. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it was created basically between the two, the, the, uh, me and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did, but it's, was, it was it cool working with those guys? It was a fantastic experience, I have to tell you, because you believe, you know, as a corporate people, they have, you know, they run, they they have so much knowledge and so much. They have metrics of flavors, metrics well, of. Well, here's the way I look at: it. corporate people are good at telling you how much money is there and where it's spent. Corporate people don't make cigars. Well, 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 but they have a tremendous amount of group with experience. That's what I'm saying. Those yeah. guys are, you know, those guys are, you know, they're they're. 
I mean, your farmers. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're field people. I mean, exactly. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're people of the earth. I mean, they work so the it's been cool to learn as a small company like me, uh, like us. We, it's you know, we, we lack a lot of resources, and there are things that we come up with ideas that we cannot we cannot put it out there. If we put it out there, people don't hear about it. Right. And uh, so they have that knowledge, but in addition, they have resources in terms of farming and things like that. That is, I have been able to draw, and I love to learn. I just turned 50. I'm getting old, but wow. I love to learn. And this is they, this industry. I learn something every day. Every day. It's, it's amazing. It's when you think you don't need to learn anymore, you're, you're in trouble. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So earlier in the, the previous segments, we talked about we talked base about Cuba and whatnot. Just curious on your personal feelings. If Cuba does open up, would you look to make cigars with Cuban yeah, tobacco? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Would that be something that would be on your company's yeah. palate? Yeah, absolutely. I love Cuban cigars. Uh, my wife uh, grew up in Pinar del Rio. Uh, wow. uh, her her neighbors were the Placencias, the Olivas. I mean, yeah. just, just unbelievable uh, group of people. And they actually uh, grew tobacco for three generations. And they actually, her father distributed Aurora cigars right before Miami cigars. Oh, wow. So they've been in the business for a long time. And the reason. So your wife was kind of technically in the cigar business before you? Before, before. <laughs> except. Yeah, she didn't like it because she doesn't like farming, and she became a psychiatrist. Oh, uh, oh God. Which is now, now you understand. Oh, my God. Uh, that I'm her life type of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm her life. Uh, oh, my job. God. Does yeah, she yeah. analyze you? Uh, all the time. Oh, my God. All I the time. Think she's not listening. No, all the time. Oh. But I'm learning. And I'm, I'm learning how to... Uh, to be okay with that <laughs> and be a better man. And, uh, you know. I just, Emily and I, we argue a lot. I just told her before we went on the air, I said, you're not my wife. I, I can let you know when you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> you can't tell your wife you're wrong, but yeah, no. I, can, and we, I can let like, you know you when know, you're wrong. We need wives and we need women. By, by the way, I believe the world will be a better world if it was run by women. I oh, have to gosh. tell you that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah. gosh. I have to tell you. I, I think because we as a men, this is what we have in our wives. Someone that can tell us what to do, what to think. Oh. It's like a communist type of thing, but they, at home. This is what you should feel. And, and, and you know, you're going to be successful if you just listen if to If I your let wife. my wife do that, my household will be in turmoil. Oh, maybe not. Oh, maybe she'll not. admit it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, then that's what happened when you marry a Cuban. Very strong. Oh, that's Cuban. what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's a Latin American thing. That is a Latin American. It's funny because in Cuba. So in, th- I'm thinking that you're voting for Hillary then? No. Yeah, I didn't I, think I, so. I, I, yeah, I just proved that theory wrong. No, you're right. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. The right woman. The right woman. That's that's what it is. Because I actually, this is my second marriage, so it could be, you know, for me to go through one to get the second, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, oh great stuff, man. Um, Rafael, is there any uh, projects that you guys are currently working on? Yeah, or? we actually also released last year and and uh, La Boheme. Yes. La Boheme is actually a mix of my three uh, uh, passions in life, which are uh, cigars, music. Uh, music, and obviously Cuba. And uh, for La Boheme, we took a, a, a very old label from Cuba uh, from the 1800s. La Boheme is the name of an opera, yep. and which is one of my favorite, and uh, obviously cigars. So my original La Boheme was the only cigar that I ever blend based on the smell. Because I was very small in really? Cuba. I was not allowed to smoke, obviously. Uh, and I tried one time. I got very sick, and yeah. I forgot about that. And uh, But I, w- I remember my grandfather and his friends 
sitting down and smoking cigar all day long. And that smell is something that that stayed with me. So when I, I finally said, now I can do what I want in the cigars, I blended that cigar based on the smell. I didn't try that cigar. I did it just people were smoking the cigar and we'll go, okay, no, let's change this, let's change wow. that. And and when, when that smell was what I remember from the Cuban cigars, from, that my grandfather smoked, then we released the, the, the La Boheme. And then this year, a very famous guy in the cigar industry was smoking this cigar last year, and he says, Rob, this cigar is enchanting. And I never heard enchanting as a describe, to describe cigars, um, but what do I know? You get the chocolates and the, the, the different fruit. aspects yeah. that I don't, I don't capture sometimes. Cinnamon and, uh, and walnut. And yeah, <laughs> walnut. And Leather, yeah. yeah. We've heard yeah, it all. Yeah. And, and, and so when the next release I came in with the uh, La Boheme, I call it Encantador. And it's a box press line, which is uh, in, that, in that idea of the Cuban cigars. So this is what I, all these lines of La Boheme is my take on the golden era of Cuban cigar. So those are my main three releases, obviously, in addition to the Romeo and Agent Room. Very cool. Listen. I think that's interesting, though, because I don't I don't smoke a lot during the day, but I'm surrounded by it. And I notice that I'll walk by certain people, and I will pick up on a sense of the right. smoke, and, and it'll draw me towards them. And You, know, a little, you find some more healing the smell, yeah. yeah, sure. No, Definitely. absolutely, and that's what I felt. I had that in my mind from my youth. I think that's really cool. We, in retail, we actually have a lot of instances and circumstances where um, someone will be walking by the store, and they'll open the door, and they'll just take a big smell. Yeah. And they're like, God, it reminds me of my grandfather. My grandfather used to smoke cigars. And they love that smell. Yeah. They don't smoke, exactly. but they, and the, the, the smell is tied to a, mem- a fond memory that they right. have. It's one of the, the those things in the memory that stay f- with yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And that's, so that's playing tribute to my, my Cuban heritage. Rafael, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a great interview. It was a pleasure having you. And Thanks for stopping by, Hank, as well. Hank's here with you. I uh, wish you continued success in your endeavors, and uh, hopefully uh, down the road we'll have you on again and see where things are at. Thank you guys for your support. Thank Always. you for having me here. Absolutely. I love talking about my passions and my cigars. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thank our you. pleasure. We appreciate it. Up ahead, after the break, we're going to have Lieutenant Seth Wagner with the FWC right after this. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAssRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale-aged for 10 years and then barrel-aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut Sun-Grown or Maduro, each Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage pairs extremely well with the finest Scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Swag Cigars. Offering a cigar for you. From the medium-bodied Swag Puro Dominicano, the full-bodied Swag Black, and now the new Swag Brown Connecticut with a flavor profile not usually found in milder blends. Blended with premium Dominican fillers in binder and topped off with an uncommon Ecuadorian-grown brown Connecticut wrapper. The flavor profile takes you from creamy smoothness to a place no other milder cigar has ventured. Come along for the ride. Discover Swag Brown Connecticut. Available in four great sizes, shipping to stores near you in August 2015 and priced right. Boutique Blend Cigars. 
Blending is in our DNA. Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Coot Cigars presents Miro, a balanced, complex cigar with dominant notes of earth and sweet cream complemented by cocoa, spice, and nuts. With fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras and employing a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, this medium to full-bodied cigar offers a delicious bittersweet combination with an easy draw. With a rating of 91 by Cigar Snob Magazine. Needle Cigars, presented by Coots. Available at tobacconist retailers nationwide. Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. Honest Abe here, and let me tell you, undeniably, there's only one premium handcrafted stick that's 100% different than any other. Drew Estate's Acid. It's so wildly different that it's difficult to describe in words. Sweet, herbal, botanical, earthy, delectable, and on and on. They keep its unique infusion process a total secret, and with good cause, because everyone would copycat this unique cigar if they knew how. Guys love it, girls love it, and the people you smoke it around love it. Everyone loves Acid Cigars. Keeping Cuba's most coveted traditions for three generations, the legend continues with San Latano. With signature blends by A.J. Fernandez, available in a smooth and creamy Connecticut, a hearty, rich San Andreas box press, Maduro, and a robust, full-bodied Habano. A.J. Fernandez continues the legacy with his new creation, the prestigious San Latano Oval. Using ultra-premium aged tobacco that takes a whole new shape and balance, the San Latano Oval is now available in both a Maduro and Habano wrapper. Visit your local tobacconist today and ask for San Latano Cigars by A.J. Fernandez. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. And you can dance. Here you listen to Kiss My Ash Radio. I'm here with my game head at Katie the Brewmeister and the lovely lady. Uh, what a nice interview. Oh, yeah. Tell you, lovely. It's, it's so nice when you have somebody just talk. And have but you just genuinely enjoy yeah. listening no, to it. Was you know, great. it's one of those interviews that you just get like sucked into listening. No. In, in Absolutely. I tell a you lot what, of great I've info. really been enjoying this line. Sarah, did you finish yours? I did. Yeah, I did. I'm getting down it almost to the number of mine, but yeah, a really enjoyable mm-hmm. cigar. Nice stuff. So. I know, you know, not too full. You know, night. You know, sometimes these guys give me this full-bodied cigar first thing in the morning. And I'm like, oh god. You know, it's, it's funny because their career basically started when mine did. So I've mm-hmm. seen him as a person, his company, go through the, you know, ups and downs. And, and it's nice to see them the finally, you know, flourishing and doing well, and making great product for our industry and uh, you know, consumers out there. So good Absolutely. stuff. All right. Well, we have a very special guest for you. Uh, we have Lieutenant Seth Wagner. Um, from uh, from the uh, Fish and Wildlife Conservation uh, Commission. Uh, Seth, welcome. You're on Kiss My Ash Radio. Uh, thank you. Hey, thanks, Seth. Seth, listen, tell our listeners exactly a little bit about what you guys do, you and your position. Uh, us with the FWC are primarily uh, engaged with the uh, regulation of uh, wildlife 
aquatic life, uh, safety of the public, and everything, so everybody can uh, enjoy the, the the salt water, fresh water, and or you know wildlife that we have around the state. Now, do you guys handle problems, or do you guys just set laws, or work on passing laws, or if someone's got a ten foot alligator in their backyard, do they call you guys? Uh, they can. We actually have a uh, hotline for any issues with alligators. It's called the Snap Line, where we have special <laughs> contractors that will handle that. Um, but primarily, we do not uh, create laws. We make recommendations or uh, ask, you know, of the input from the public. But all the laws and such are usually passed through legislature, and we are just the enforcement arm of that. Wow. So, what are some of the your daily duties that you do, Seth? Uh, from our side, I work primarily in boating safety. I'm the one that uh, looks over most of the boating accidents for the state, compiles all the statistics from that, provides that information to Coast Guard, and then to anybody that may be looking into it for any type of specialized reasons, uh, looking into creating safety uh, uh, equipment or uh, changes to regulations or anything like that. Yeah, you know, boating is a big thing in the state of Florida. How many Boating accidents or incidents are there a year in the state? Uh, in general, we have uh, roughly 700 a year that are reported. Really? And wow. what, what, what does that cover? Anything from like just, uh, I think I saw the other day that there was a boat sinking off the coast of Miami just randomly got started sinking. And I mean, what, what does that cover? Right. A, a, a reportable accident covers uh, a kind of a wide range, but in general, it's any time that an uh, accident between the boat and any property or itself has any damage above $2,000, um, if somebody is uh, in, injured and has to go get uh, treatment or if they're missing or uh, there's, a, uh, unfortunately, a fatality. Now, there's actually a huge story going on in South Florida now with about two teenage boys who have been missing at sea. Um, what's right. the number one thing you think that, boaters or people go out there, what, what's the number one mistake or precaution that you'd highly recommend these people to hopefully alleviate or avoid such types of catastrophes? There's, and it's a great question, and there's there's so many things, as I always say, the, the devil's in the details, there's so many small things that you can do as precautions, just that one thing may change the outcome of, of an incident that may become a, a problem. Obviously, we always recommend wearing your life jacket when you're out on the boat. We understand that a lot of people feel that they're uncomfortable or things like that, but there's a lot of manufacturers that have come a long way with technology and have made a lot more of them that are comfortable. You have a lot of the inflatable type now that are like belt packs or suspenders, you know, that hang over your shoulders, things like that, that are, are much more comfortable and are there and readily available if you happen to get into an instance where you would need it. Um, if you wouldn't choose to wear it, which obviously we would love, at least put it on when you realize you're in, in a circumstance where you're going to need it. You know, if your vessel breaks down or you realize there's water coming into the boat, why not put the life jacket on first and then try to deal with the situation? That way you right. at least have a good, you know, chance of, of being, you know, having your flotation on. Is there something that you see most common, like you're out in the pier or you're going out and you see other people doing this all the time and you say to yourself, God, what are they thinking? Not really. The general public is really great on on the water, and it's just again, it's the, the small little things that usually add up. It's never just one uh, circumstance that creates a boating accident. It's always uh, 
you know, a multitude of things. Of you, Some people are just, they get relaxed with it because they feel like they boat all the time and uh, are highly experienced, you know, so you get into a relaxed state and may miss a step or two. Um, a lot of people are just in that false sense of security and, oh, it'll never happen to me. There's just so many, you know, things and varieties that could all come together. To I'm not a, I'm not a water guy person. Yeah, I'm not a water guy personally. I don't like the ocean. I, 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 I will never even go on a boat to the point where I can't see land anymore unless it's like a huge ocean liner with 800 lifeboats on it. Just because I always have this feeling that, yeah, if I'm ever in water, I just want to see where land is so at least I know I'm swimming in the right direction. I may never make it, but at least I know I'm going the right way. You know? Well, uh, kind of always been and my that's theory. a recommendation that a lot of people made on it. Uh, how good of a swimmer may you be in an accident? You know, when you intend to get in the water at the swimming pool or even at the beach, you already have this predetermination. You're already set in your mind of what you're going to do when you go swimming. In an accident, when you're thrown into the water involuntarily, you're not in that frame of mind to, you know, enter the water and, and, and be able to swim. You may panic. You may be one of the best swimmers around. You're still going to have that chance of, of panicking. And not swimming properly, so you know, having the, the life jacket it's on and available prevents that issue. If if you're ever out in water and mm-hmm. you know, holding on a piece of driftwood or a boat, you know, what's the best things you could do to hopefully endure? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not supposed to drink the water if you need to drink water. You know, I mean, what what's is there any tips or any advice or is nothing much you can do uh, out it there. Really, uh, especially if you're like salt water, it's going to be trying to maintain a body temperature, and then, yes, your you know, salt water, drinking it will uh, actually dehydrate you uh, more as you drink it. But it's, it's primarily just trying to maintain uh, a, a core body temperature and, or, you know, a, a good visual of your surroundings. So it's when you see something and, and try to, to get yourself some help if, if uh, you see something available. Um, there's so many steps that you can try to do to prevent that. You know, uh, filing a float plan. A lot of people say, well, filing a float plan sounds, you know, something official. But, well, it doesn't have to be. It could be as simple as letting a family member or friend know where you're going to be putting your boat in, where you intend to go fishing or boating, and what time you plan on coming back. Those are a lot of good details. So if something did happen, uh, uh, any law enforcement, Coast Guard, whatever, it has a good location to go and begin looking for you. Right. Yeah, simple things, absolutely. Uh, on another topic, I've been hearing a lot lately about these monitor lizards. They seem to be taking over Florida waterways. Is the FWC getting involved in that? Um, we haven't really. I haven't. That's outside of my section where I have a whole lot of knowledge on whether or not we've had a problem with monitor lizards. Uh, we have a lot of invasive species in the state that we're trying to control and, and take care of. I think a big problem with that is just people that choose these uh, species as pets, thinking it's neat and exotic, and not realize the responsibility and uh, special needs of those type of animals. Is there an animal that you see that, that, that that's the most problem with people thinking that they're cool pets, and then they're letting them? I mean, I saw. I literally we were driving to the, the other day. I saw it like an eight foot iguana. I mean, the thing was like longer than the car. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy cow! This thing needs a leash. 
Well, uh, iguanas are natural over in the south now. So. No, I know, but are there any are there any wildlife? As with anything, Florida has such a great habitat; just about anything can survive and thrive. So once one or two are released, it's it's fair game for themselves. And, and sadly enough, our native species are usually the uh, the losers of the battle for habitat, food sources, and everything Ooh. else. Wow. Well, Lieutenant Wagner, thank you so much for joining us. I guess my ashray today it was a, a lot of information, very helpful, and uh, continue doing the great work you guys do. We appreciate it. We appreciate you too. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Up ahead after the break, we're going to find out more about what's going on with our rights in the cigar industry. We've got Glenn Loop, uh, executive uh, of the CRA, right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. Named after the most interesting man in the cigar world, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection is carefully made in Esteli, Nicaragua, using only the finest Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. The cigar is oily to the touch and is second to none in construction. Available in both a dark, spicy, sweet Oscuro wrapper and a bold, full-bodied Rosado wrapper. For the tobacconist nearest you offering Nestor Miranda cigars, visit MiamiCigarAndCompany.com. Buying a home is the biggest investment you face. Choosing the right company to help makes all the difference. Property Transfer Services is a fully licensed professional title company that has been serving Florida, New Jersey, and the entire East Coast for over 22 years. Our team of experienced licensed title officers are here to work with the seller, buyer, realtor, builder, and bank to make sure that every transaction is a success. For more information on how Property Transfer Services can help you, call Michael Rath at 561-691-5941. Again, that's 561-691-5941. Property Transfer Services is the official sponsor of The Great Smoke. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee Military Trail for the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearman Rhino, the premier of Snail Gentleman's Club. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, a pleasing medium-bodied cigar with a mix of flavors like cinnamon, graham cracker, herbs, spice, oak, grass, and mild pepper. The latest addition to the Coots Brands is a perfectly balanced cigar with subtle and nuanced flavors blended together nicely. This cigar poses a rich blend of Nicaraguan binders and fillers and featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, greatly recommended for those who simply love the enjoyment of kicking back and getting the full cigar experience. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, presented by Coots. To find your nearest tobacconist, visit Coots.com. 
That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. We are broadcasting in front of a live audience in the main cigar lounge at the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Bar, right here in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. I'm here with my gang, Adam Key, the brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. I see you looking up uh, life belts now online. I was. I was. <laughs> Mainly, too, because um, when you paddleboard, by law, you're actually supposed to have a life jacket on your paddleboard, and I don't. Normally. How far out can you paddleboard? Um, it's, it's just the law. How far is pretty far? I mean, you can paddle out in the ocean. I mean, I go in the intercoastal. I don't go in the ocean. Yeah, I've seen people do it in the ocean. And if you fall in, you get hit by a rip current or something like that, you can get pulled it's, out. It's a safety precaution. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, I'm... They, that's a recent Coming law. Coming the guy though. that's never worn a seatbelt in his life. Why do you need a seatbelt? I'm anti-ocean. So <laughs> I, I, I'm anti-ocean. I'm just anti-sand. <laughs> You're anti-life. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. He is a little anti-life. All right. Up ahead, old friend, hard, one of the hardest working guys in the industry. We have Glenn Loop, the executive director of the Cigar Rights of America. All you listeners out there, listen up. This is the important stuff. Glenn, welcome. Thanks for being on Kiss My Ash Radio again, my friend. Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Now the world yes, kind of uh, we got that trade show. Right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So a couple weeks ago. So I know there's always stuff going on, Glenn. What, what, what's new with this proposed FDA regulation? I heard some changing news about the predicate date. And for our listeners don't know what the predicate date is, um, the date at which any cigar brands that are currently out there and been on the market will be grandfathered in and won't have to be subject to FDA regulation. And I heard that there's been some news and some changes on that. And, and, you know, there's so many different things I hear every day being in this industry. I'm not really ever sure what's really going on. Well, they, it really would not be an exemption, but there's no doubt that it is significant. Uh, they would still be subject to applying for what's called a substantial equivalency. I, I know this oh. sounds like political bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo, and it, in a lot of ways it is, so I'll, I'll try to, to simplify it as best I can. But right now, anybody that puts under current law, Anybody that put out a cigar uh, after February of 2007, now think about how many cigars are in that humidor of yours uh, that came out after February 2007 would have to it apply really to the FDA to about as a 40 new to 50%. product, quote-unquote, a new product. Uh, this legislation that recently got through a House of uh, Representatives Appropriations Committee would allow those products to be deemed new if they came out after the time of the final rule, which could be next month or next year. We don't know. They've already missed their June 30th deadline. So it's incredibly significant. But they would still have to go through a bureaucratic process called substantial equivalency, proving that that product is substantially equivalent. Like if they put out a a cigar after the final rule, they'd have to go back, 
still apply, still prove through some course of, uh, and I, there's a lot of different ways to do it, that that cigar is substantially equivalent, quote-unquote, to what was already on the market. So it's still a bureaucratic malaise, but it's a simpler process than applying for well, a new product. But why do you think you, they're coming... The FDA is coming so hard on premium cigars. What, 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 what you know? What is there? I mean, what, where, where is the real reasoning behind this this motive here? Well, I wish I could say it was because of premium cigars, but it's not. To be painfully honest with you and your listeners, it's about e-cigarettes. Um, I, I don't think if it weren't for e-cigarettes, we'd be having this conversation. Uh, but we're wrapped up into the same deeming rule to put pipe tobacco, hookah e-cigarettes and cigars under regulatory domain. They are so anxious, and believe me, they are so anxious to get their arms around the e-cigarette market that we're being caught up into that. And even some of the real, what I consider preeminent legal minds of the cigar industry agree with that. So they're the target. We're getting wrapped up in it. We often call ourselves collateral damage in Washington. Makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, but, you know, you want to go after the e-cigarettes, go after the e-cigarettes. I mean, what's the deal even with pipe tobacco? Pipe tobacco is the old, probably the oldest form of tobacco use. Oh, well, I, I don't I'll think, I, I don't I, think I I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen anybody under 60 using a pipe. I think they can get their arms around pipe tobacco because technically they all these places that make their own pipe tobacco, you think about some of the great cigar shops of this country that are noted yeah. for their unique blends. I was just in Uly's in, uh, in Milwaukee where they do their own unique blends. Georgetown Tobacco, our friend David Berkebile, my local yeah. shop, my own tobacconist in Ronald, Virginia, has customers in Hong Kong that says only they can make their pipe tobacco. Uh, those places would have to be literally virtually regulated as manufacturing facilities. How do you do submission of blends that are so unique to the federal government when you're just a you know, one little cigar shop in downtown Milwaukee or Roanoke, Virginia. Right. It's not like you're selling to two billion people out there. It, it, it's it's mind-boggling, too, because if you want to talk about a product, like I, I said earlier, I mean, I've never seen anybody really probably younger than 50 smoking a pipe. I mean, the, the, the pipe tobacco has got to be the furthest thing away from any use. So what is the issue? They're getting caught up. Again, I call pipe tobacco another collateral damage issue. The, the FDA is so anxious to get its arms around this subject of flavored tobacco that pipe tobacco is being caught up into that. They've also been caught up into the uh, political and legal malaise of roll your own. There's been so many cases where roll your own uh, to circumvent, quote-unquote, uh, cigarette taxation has gotten caught up with pipe tobacco issue. And... Again, it's it's another you know, problem in search of a solution where pipe tobacco is, is a victim of these other peripheral tobacco issues that have nothing to do directly with that product. So, it's in my opinion, it's much like e-cigarettes. So, you know, Glenn, you mentioned briefly before that the FDA has now missed the June 30th deadline, and now we're in the 1st of August, and we're still basically waiting for the FDA to finish replying to all the comments that they had to reply to as they were legally bound to. I don't to. think they're going to. And that's <laughs> kind of where I'm getting. I mean, wh- wh- where are we on the level of, okay, so they missed the June 30th. It's now August. W- where do we stand on when will we actually see anything come out of them? Or what, what do you think will happen with them trying to reply or give us some kind of an idea of what's going to happen? 
Well, my friend, that's a deep, deep secret. And it's not my secret, it's their secret. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like we said, they missed nine deadlines promising a deeming regulation. Now they've missed June 30th. And I'm not hoping that they get it to it any faster. Because Neither do I. right now, they, to get to the 135,000 uh, uh, comments that were filed, they would have to do five to 600 a day which is even under the greatest of bureaucratic circumstances impossible. Five to six hundred a day. The Philip Morris don't comment alone is five hundred pages long. Nobody's don't heard they back. Have to Nobody's gotten all these all these organizations post questions back to them that have not been answered. But we do know there's a great deal of activity to, in Congress to try to force them to get a rule out faster rather than later. Uh, Congressman, you know, Dick Durbin and, and Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Sherrod Brown of Oregon um, Merkley, you know, Merkley of Oregon, Brown of Ohio, all these guys are, are in, that are anti-tobacco members of Congress for all intents and purposes are really pushing them to get a rule out. But again, every time they push that to get a rule out, they always invoke the word e-cigarettes and rarely bring up the word cigars or even, you know, farther premium cigars. So there's a lot of moving parts, which is why we're concentrating on getting our message across to the White House. Uh, we had an outstanding meeting on May the 5th that was facilitated between IPCPR and CRA uh, to get our message further across to the leadership of the White House Office of Management and Budget, who are the ultimate arbiters in this entire discussion. And that process is going very well. And and I'd say that with all degree of candor, I think we're, as a, a coalition of organizations, getting our message across that the damage needs to be mitigated on premium handmade cigars. Well, you know, Glenn, I got, I got a question for you because I'm a little curious because, you know, we spend a lot of time really trying to educate our consumers. We've sent you guys petitions at the Great Smoke. We always try to get people to sign up mm-hmm. for the CRA. How has your membership been? Is it growing at a rate that you're hoping for? Because obviously the bigger our membership of the CRA, the bigger the group, the bigger the voice we have, you know, the little more leverage we have. How's that internally been working out? Well, there's a... There's a lot of different ways to answer that. One, are we growing? Yes. Is it at a rate that's fast enough? No, in terms of, of, shall we say, paying customers. But our database is growing exponentially, and that's been a very positive result of all this. I mean, we do a lot of data capture, as a lot of entities and organizations do. Excuse me. For example, when we help facilitate put 375,000 petitions into Congress, those people have the opportunity to then sign up for our free newsletters, get the message out, and then invite them to join. That's been a beneficial part of the process. It's taken seven years to build up a 50-state membership database, if you will, of certified, registered, you know, cigar voters in every single state. So it's an ongoing process. I'm fond of saying the National Rifle Association had 187 years to get it right. We've had seven, <laughs> uh, literally. Yeah. And I, I well, think I'm- that uh, the the assistance we get from all different sectors of the, of the cigar industry to spread our message is really is what's helping to make us a political force. If we say for the sake of argument there's you know three to six million premium cigar smokers in America, we're starting to get our message across that they are under threat for the first time in history. So is it growing fast enough? No. Is it growing exponentially? Absolutely. Are we getting our political message across to the people that matter on smoking bans, taxes, and regulation? Absolutely which uh, in seven years is certifiably you know, making me an old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to really urge all our listeners, I know we have them all over the country, um, 
people sitting in our audience today, if you guys are not members of the CRA, it's basically the cost of four premium cigars in the course of a year that you're going to spend the money on anyway. Please go to CigarRights.org. And even for their annual membership, they get something from you guys too, right? They get two great cigars uh, that are some of our premium manufacturers. They're outstanding uh, cigars that we send as a a thank you for joining. So you get two of those cigars back to you. Uh, Abe, do we have about 60 seconds to talk about something we're putting out next week? Absolutely. Uh, Real quick, I was going to put this out as sort of a kiss my ass breaking news thing. Next week, and I bring this up because of what happened yesterday in Florida. Uh, I know a lot of your listeners are all over the country, but I know you've got such a strong base in Florida. Um, I'm releasing an article next week on why no, well, to put it simply, it's an open letter to everybody running for president of the United States. And it says, if you're not talking to the cigar industry, you better be thinking twice about capturing the electoral votes of the state of Florida in the 2016 presidential election. Everybody that needs to, everybody that wants to become president of the United States has to carry Florida. This election is not going to be any different. It's still going to come down to Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida choosing who the next president is. In this letter, I outline all of these issues to every candidate for president, Democrat and Republican. I talk about the total political infrastructure, the, the legislative infrastructure, the logistical infrastructure that exists in the state of Florida for the cigar industry, from the Port of Miami to South Florida over 50 corporate headquarters between your office in South Florida over to Tampa, how through the retail network that expands over 500 locations throughout the, the entire state, how the industry uses all three ports in the state of Florida. That if you want to carry those 29 electoral votes in Florida, you better be talking to the cigar industry, and we post our phone number for an open invitation for these candidates for president to call us on this question, saying if you're elected, something's got to change at the FDA. Al Gore lost the state of Florida by 537 votes. You cannot convince me that the cigar industry can't sway enough votes to sway the state of Florida outcome in the 2016 presidential election. So this open letter is going out next week. We're going to send it to every blog, every cigar medium that's out there. We're going to send it directly to every candidate for president, Democrat and Republican. Yesterday, Hillary and Jeb Bush were in Fort Lauderdale. They should have been in your shop this morning on Kiss My Ash, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. So what I'm getting across is that for the first time, we're going to go on political offense for these people that control the FDA come next year's election. I I think it's brilliant. It's perfect timing. And we're in the right state to really influence and lay some leverage down. So, you know, please keep us involved and uh, let us help spread the, the message and the word out there. Well, there's 11.9 million registered voters in the state of Florida. Again, you come down to where it came down between 500 and 2,000 votes to, to choose the next president of the United States in the year 2000. This one's going to be just as tight. It's going to be just as divisive, and we need to be in the middle of it. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, thank you once again for joining us, giving us an update, and we will uh, continually have you on and uh, see where we stand and see what we can do to keep spreading the word. Keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you, and for 10 seconds, I want to congratulate uh, Smoke In, Kiss My Ash for being the Defense of Liberty Award winner for their championship of these causes for, for 2015 for Cigar Rights of America. You guys are an amazing conduit to the consumers of the country, and we appreciate your help. 
Uh, thank you very much. I have the plaque already hanging in my office, Glenn. Thank you very much, my friend. <laughs> thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. All right, buddy. See you, Glenn. Bye-bye. Good work. Bye-bye. Uh, big, big shout-out, uh, once again, how our listeners are all over the country. Uh, our Zycar winner, Carl L., Plainfield, Illinois, once again, my home state. And social media winner, Tasha, from Ellenwood, Georgia. Tasha, you're going to win a wonderful five-pack courtesy Recluse and Iconic Cigars. And Carl, you're going to get that wonderful Zycar cutter. And after the break, we're going to do a quick factor crap, and we're going to see who belongs this week in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. If you created the Aging Room Small Batch Cigar Line, the highest rated boutique cigar brands of our times, what would you do next? Well, if you're Raphael Nodal from Boutique Blend Cigars, you would combine your three most important passions of your life, Cuba, music, and cigars, and create a new classic, La Boheme Cigars. La Boheme is Raphael's take on the golden age of Cuban cigars. La Boheme is a sophisticated blend of extra-aged and hard-to-find tobacco from the Dominican Republic, a medium-bodied cigar rich in flavors, reminiscent of the island he left 35 years ago and a small boat with his family. Why wait for the embargo to be lifted? Smoke La Boheme today. Blending is in our DNA. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand pick, hand roll, and then carefully hand check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available, continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Melanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob magazine. Melanio and the other great Oliva cigars can be found at all smoke-in locations, so always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in sun-grown or Maduro. From the makers of the number one cigar in the USA in 2013, the Aging Room Quattro F55 comes yet another highly rated cigar. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, a full-bodied Dominican cigar made with some of the world's oldest tobacco in the market today from the harvest of 1997, 98, and 99. It starts out smooth and builds up in strength and flavor until it reaches its full potential. The Aging Room Bin Number 1, for the true connoisseur looking for a sophisticated smoking experience. 
experience with balance, complexity, and character. Aging Room Cigars. Blending is in our DNA. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. This is the closing segment of this week's episode of Kiss My Ash Radio. Here are my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. I'm just uh, here to defend my prerogative. You're so funny. But yes, she has I got, no idea what I'm talking about. I got vetoed. The song, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, slam. <laughs> yeah, but it's the not song. the Backstreet Boys. But still, but she was a song. 98 Degrees, Insync. <laughs> you're only like 10 years behind. Ice, ice. Baby. No. Anyways. Who is it? Just tell me now. It's Bobby Brown. Oh. I thought this was Backstreet Boy. <laughs> Who was in the Sorry. original boy band. Yes. Wrong color and four less dudes. Mm-hmm. But you were close. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, I got vetoed. There will be no factor crap this week. Ran out of time. But uh, Lady M is going to let us know this week who definitely belongs. Courtesy of CLE and Asylum Cigars. And a cigar and say an Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. My favorite intro, by the way. It is one of the best. It needs I, to are be we like getting in a the others movie. redone? Is Duff doing them? All right, great. All right, this week, as outrage grows over the killing of Cecil the Lion, Zimbabwe has called on the United States to extradite the American dentist who has shot the prized big cat. Have you heard of this? No, what happened with Cecil the Lion? Walter Palmer, a dentist out of Minnesota or somewhere, uh, went down to Africa. Minnesota? Went to to Africa and paid $50,000 to um, kill a lion. He's a big game hunter. Okay, a lot of people do that. Well, what they did is they illegally lured the lion out of a national park. The, lo- the lion had a tracking device on it and is being studied by Oxford University. They killed the lion, shot it with a bow and arrow, and then followed it for 40 miles and then shot it with a gun and murdered this lion illegally. Okay, but hold on. Is it is it the dude's fault? Because you you got to well, pay for the service. Yes, he yeah. paid $50,000. Yeah, you got to pay for the service. He's claiming that he what he paid for, he thought he was doing legally. Right, he didn't now, know. Cecil the lion is like the is the Punxsutawney Phil of Zimbabwe. He's like the most beloved. <laughs> like, what a no. good reference. Don't laugh. Don't, don't laugh. I know, I'm it's laughing because you don't know who Punxsutawney Phil is. I do, Phil yeah, is. I do. Punxsutawney he's the, for the gro- groundhog or whatever. Oh, from where? Punxsutawney Phil from uh, Michigan. Uh. Close. <laughs> right. So I didn't know who he is. Yeah. Punxsutawney, yeah. They, they illegally lured him, like she said, off off the actual protected grounds. He's like this, the, the most beloved lion in Zimbabwe, and, and everyone there is, of course, extremely angry about it. It's it's unreal, really. The I way mean. he did it, he cut, and then they found out that he had a tracking device. They cut his head off. They cut his head off. And then skinned him and mm-hmm. tried to destroy the tracking device. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. But this this was a protected lion. I, no, I understand. Yeah. Is he saying he knew they? they He's saying this? he didn't. One of the the um, the uh, guides has already mm-hmm. been arrested. But how do you? I can't. You're I, part of a you're part of a mission luring an, an animal out right. of a national park with dead animals well, in the back of a vehicle. Well, because I'm going to tell you why. Because mm-hmm. first off, I can't see an American citizen 
knowing where the national park is or what the national park Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Right. You know, he's right. probably down there and he thinks that, oh, they're luring out a lion for me to shoot, not knowing right. where they're luring Regardless whether he knew it was legal or not legal, why? who, who wants to go and murder a beautiful yeah. animal oh, in his natural habitat? You never saw Harry... Harry no, I don't want to. Junior's I'm not office. all about that. Oh. I'm not all about that. Ignorance of the law is still, you know, no excuse. But he's been in hiding for the past week now. Yeah, yeah but you know what? He... It's not the ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's not like killing lions was illegal. I I, I really don't believe anybody's responsible other than the people he hired. No, it's, it's their I think job there's foul play out. there. Yeah. You, you're just a... Bleeding liberal wig, wig it, it is. It is hard to know exactly what he was thinking. If he had knowledge, if it was a protected lion. Then why did he I, go? In, why did he go into hiding for a week? Because yeah. people are trying to have him extradited to Zimbabwe. What are you yeah. talking about? Then if you did nothing the, the wrong, guy, come clean. The guy who interfered yeah. with the foul ball from the Chicago Cubs, they had to move him out of the state of Florida Bart over Man. a baseball game. I mean, yeah. I mean, what did you want him to do? Come Say, clean. I'm right here. I think I killed the lion. Go uh, straight to authorities. What makes you think the authorities are going to be fair down there? United States authorities. Go to the embassy. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... He was already back here. This I, happened I, a month ago. And I, then it, I don't... Th- well, he, he wasn't there. I don't think... I, I think the... Because the, the, there are people that make a lot of money doing this. Oh, yeah. You know, to kill a rhinoceros, it's like $100,000 to hunt a rhinoceros. Where they make a lot of money doing this. Those guys should be shut down. Yeah. They should be fine they, because I believe it's their job. Right. You know, when I, when I charter a boat to go chartering and I hire a captain, I don't know crap about boating. Right. I'm expecting that captain to make sure I'm this following the law. This guy knows what he was doing, though. He's been Emily, you're totally making hunting. that assumption. There is a there is another level to this, You're too. totally making that no, assumption. No, no. Oh, you were there. You knew what he was doing. No, but when you have experience doing something, you no, know. he has experience in paying people to take him out on a hunt. You know. No. That's the experience he has. He doesn't live there. He's not part of the folklore. No. I don't live there. I don't know who Cecil the Lion is. You know, if you took me down there hunting, I wouldn't know. You know, you're just assuming. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't know. I'm not assuming. I'm not saying he didn't know. But, you know, you can't just assume, like, you know, oh, yeah, he knew. Well, yeah, I'm not sure who belongs in the same asylum. But I'll tell you who does belong in the cigar scene asylum. <laughs> the group that took him down there and, yeah. and, and they, they chartered, they definitely belong it. Because if anything, it's their job to know. They had to know. And they are definitely his fault as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, this has been another episode of Kiss My Ash Radio. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, join us next week. Do we know who we have on next week? It could be Eloy, could depending. Be. We had a cancellation of uh, All right. somebody. Either way, life is short. Savor the moments that count. If anybody ever, never be afraid. Uh, be merciless. Spare no cigars. Smoke them all. Let God sort them out. <laughs>